Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. Have you ever worked inside a business where everyone seems to be working in their own silos? Product development is doing their thing, production is doing their thing, sales and marketing are doing their own things, and so on. My first reaction when I see these silos is, What a wasted opportunity. My guest today is here to talk about that wasted opportunity, but specifically in the context of engineering data. Let me introduce him. Anthony Rodriguez is co-owner and vice president at Kativ Technologies, a digital manufacturing services company that aims to empower today's innovators and manufacturers for a better tomorrow. Through Kativ's guidance, technology, and support, its partners are empowered to grow more competitive, and ultimately more successful. Anthony has guided Kativ along its mission of reimagining American manufacturing for more than two decades. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure having you here. And before we really dive into the meat of the conversation, I'd love for you to start by telling us a little bit about your story and what led you to where you are today as co-owner and VP at Kativ. Sure. Thanks for the opportunity again, Joe. You know, thinking back, it's easier now at this point in my career to think back and and realize that I had no choice but to be in manufacturing. And my father was a machinist. As a kid, I made widgets in our garage with CNC machines and bandsaws and things like that with my brother. Kind of was raised in that environment. My grandparents were both in manufacturing and I went to school to be a mechanical engineer, which I did, and out of school started working as a mechanical engineer, quickly began to learn different parts of the manufacturing business, raised my hand to be an ISO 9000 auditor, and that really allowed me to understand all parts of manufacturing businesses. I was in the telecommunication industry at the time, making manufacturing products like hubs and routers and connectors and cable devices and items like that as an engineer. And so the company you described there, I was actually a customer. Some of the team I had, I had a small team as a product manager where we're inventing new products. We would work with Kativ to acquire technology and get guidance. Kativ was a small business at the time. And as their business began to grow, they reached out to me to join the company. And at the time, I wasn't interested when I first heard the opportunity. I was doing well in my career. I began working with different sales teams in our manufacturing organization, moved up to being a product manager, rolling out new product lines for the company. But the more I thought about it, I thought there's an opportunity longer term here. If we do our job right, I can get an understanding of many manufacturers all over the country. I could build a great reputation with these companies. And worst case, if it didn't work out, I could go work anywhere. And so I took the opportunity to meet with the owner at the time and fast forward to more recently, obviously accepted the offer, joined the company. And that's where my business partner and I began to work really close together on growing the business. Him and I are both mechanical engineers. 
have a background in engineering and began just going out and visiting one customer at a time. And we've always had this approach of really having the outcome in mind. What are customers trying to accomplish? It's less about the technology, less about what we can provide them, and more about understanding you know, what their business is looking to achieve in the future. And by doing that and having that approach, we began to grow the business and 17 years ago acquired the company, decided to stay really focused on manufacturing, and today partner with many leading brands of technology for product development and provide all of the services to really give customers a single digital platform that helps them from you know how they sell their product all the way through manufacturing. And today I lead our team. We're based in Southern California and Orange County. We have employees and customers all over the country. We support their locations throughout the world and our business continues to grow and we couldn't be more excited, especially you know after these last few years, we feel like companies are beginning to realize the possibility that this digital thread and digitizing some of these processes provides them and how that can really help them drive new revenue and increase profit on revenue. Well, thanks for sharing the backstory there, Anthony. I think it's always interesting to hear how you know someone's personal experiences and background lead you to you develop such a deep understanding of your audience, and you start to see problems that other people may not see. And before you know it, you're you're running a technology company for them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. Well, Anthony, you told me recently that you see a lot of manufacturers leave a lot of value on the table when it comes to engineering data. They don't always recognize how valuable of an asset it can be for the entire business as a whole. Can you unpack that a bit for us? Yeah, thanks for the question, Joe. It's something you know we're really passionate about. Yeah, you know, we talk to many customers, and a lot of times customers have a perception that our goal is to go and sell more software. And what we hear our customers tell us is that I don't believe I need more software. I need to squeeze as much profit and as much value out of the software I already have. So tell me how to do that. And what we find when we work with manufacturers is they put a lot of time and investment in looking at how to do that with ERP as an example, or they'll look at how to do that by increasing throughput of manufacturing by buying more equipment or expanding their factory. And we find that when we really dig in to the engineering part of the business, that most customers tend to have engineering work in a silo. And that data tends to stay in engineering and isn't expanded and useful to the rest of the business. And we feel there's a significant opportunity for every manufacturer to look at how to unlock the power of that data to really help drive sales, drive customer engagement, increase the amount of proposals that customers are creating. And on the back end of the process, really have that data flow into manufacturing, into the factory, and even use some of that data to optimize a factory and create an integrated factory environment, that all comes back to that product data. You know, when we see customers that tend to hand that information over the wall or manually type bill of materials, as an example, into ERP, we tend to identify that there's probably a lot more opportunity for them and a lot more value and data they're keeping and securing and engineering that the rest of business isn't aware of. We see customers do a variety of things with that. In fact, I was just talking to one of our customers, Newcore Steel. They have a division called Hannibal. And Hannibal came to us with a similar situation. They really wanted to scale their revenue. And one of the bottlenecks in their process was the ability to turn around proposals quickly. And they looked at a variety of ways to do that in their ERP tool and creating configurators with ERP. 
But as we dug into the process, we realized that Hannibal had invented their product line. The engineering work was done. And what customers required was new configurations and new layouts of their products in these buildings. And they had all of the intelligence. They had the rules. They knew exactly how these racking systems that go into buildings for companies like Amazon and a variety of companies throughout the world work. They knew the rules and how these things would be laid out and put together. And rather than having engineers focus on the tedious work of continuing to create these configurations or racks, we took the intelligence they had, created a system that allowed their customer to configure how these products went together. It cut the proposal time from weeks down to days so that they can not only respond to their customers quicker, but also provide them a more meaningful proposal from that engineering data that was easy to understand, visualize, change, and interact with, which increased their win rate as they sent these proposals. And there's kind of two benefits. One is on the front end of driving more sales and throughput and efficiency and how they were proposing things. But there's also a challenge in manufacturing around labor and talent and keeping people that are valuable to your business. And by removing a lot of repetitive tasks like this, we're finding that companies are able to really you know, help their employees thrive, help their engineers thrive by removing repetitive tasks and getting them focused on what they really enjoy. And that's inventing the next great product, inventing products that may create a new market for that business. And that's what, in this case, Hannibal and Nucor did, is they were able to repurpose some of those engineers to really drive more value in the business and have some of this repetitive work be done by the system and the customer to drive more interaction and more sales throughput. So it's a win-win across the board. Yeah, well said. You mentioned the idea of sort of operating a silo. It's something that actually, you know, as a marketing agency owner that we see happen a lot of times too, where you have people working on product development in their silo, you have marketing and sales working in their silos and so much of what everybody's doing can work together so well. It's, you know, the insights coming from the customers that marketing should be generating that are going to feed the messaging sales is going to market with and the things that product development needs to understand about what actually matters to the customer. So I was curious if you had anything else to say about that, like from an engineering perspective and sort of the perils of operating in a silo and how that makes the problem worse. Yeah, so this silo concept we see, you know, happen over and over again, Joe, is uh, engineers create that product data and it tends to stick with engineering. And we talked a, a bit about how that engineering data can really drive better customer engagement, drive sales throughput when used correctly, drive marketing and content that can attract new customers. Downstream, there's also a lot of benefits to using that information that we see a lot of customers really not benefit from. And those downstream effects tend to be useful in reducing the amount of prototyping, getting to market more quickly, sharing that information with manufacturing so there's less room for error and back and forth between the factory and manufacturers. We're a big believer that let's start with the product. That's the most valuable asset. Let's look at how that's being developed today. And let's identify areas in the business that we can use that product data more effectively and it all has to have a reason. There has to be a reason that ties back to either innovation, profitability by driving more efficiency or increased revenue. 
And that's really what we like to talk to customers about, understand what their goals are. And we're confident that as we go into any customer, when we really start with that product data, we'll identify areas that the customer can use that data better in and really drive the business forward. Okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to let a couple of our strategists at Gorilla76 tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector. Peyton and Brendan, take it away. So I'm Peyton Warren. And I'm Brendan Forrest. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. Right now, we have a group of 50 plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations that meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic. And one of our team members at Gorilla76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to do a better manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions, creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value, no cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. And on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together between sessions. We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there. You mentioned customer engagement a few times in this conversation. It's almost like a buzzy word that everybody talks about these days, right? Customer engagement, and but it's so important. And I'd like to hear you talk a little bit more about how integrating engineering data into customer engagement can be so valuable. No, that's a great question, Joe. And if you think about how you buy a car today, as an example, you buy a car and you typically don't start at the car dealer. You're engaging with that car online. You're configuring exactly what you want that car to look like. You can see it. You can almost feel it and smell the leather as you choose it. You can change it. You get a proposal quickly. So you're engaged in the process of that car. You feel like you've built your own and you have something unique. Now, up until more recently, that kind of technology was only available to you know the big guys, if you will. Our focus is on the SMB and mid-market segment of manufacturing. And today, as technologies evolved, as the clouds evolved and the horsepower available, we're able to bring that kind of capability to your average manufacturer. And we do that in an attainable way, in a way that drives quick value for the customer. And again, it all starts with reusing that engineering content for this. Depending on the customer goals, there's multiple ways of doing that. I mentioned the car example, which is you know the direction many customers want to go. In other situations, they just want engineers to be able to respond more quickly and not necessarily have a customer involved in configuring the design, but just engineering be able to respond more quickly. And that quick response drives better customer experience and better customer engagement as well. You know, the variety of technologies that exist, the speed at which they're changing, are making a lot of new capabilities available to that mid-market and SMB segment in manufacturing. And we're finding that a lot of people are just not aware. You know, they continue to bring new talent on. They were find in the market today. I was reading an article yesterday, 61% of manufacturers feel like as they bring in new workforce, they don't have the skill set they need to do their job. And what a great opportunity rather than to teach them the way they've done things up until now to begin to realize the potential that some of these technologies can create for these companies and teach this new talent 
how to do things to prepare them for the future. We're seeing that there's a lot of opportunity available to drive that engagement. In our experience, it tends to start with the product and looking at how we can get customers more involved in that process. How can we respond more quickly? How do we share that information with other parts of the business like CRM and ERP so that there's a standard kind of digital thread that doesn't require a lot of double entry and repetitive tasks like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of everything you're talking about here. And again, I see a lot of parallels to my world of marketing and especially the you know content marketing. And I think the way we, we help our clients figure out how to extract the knowledge from their engineers and their technical experts and to be able to use that in an outward facing way. It's one thing to talk about what you do and show your product. It's another thing to have your engineers and technical experts, their knowledge publicly published and to see them on video, like comparing two things or talking about answering the questions that you're getting all the time from your customers. It's just so powerful. You can't hide behind that, right? Like everybody can talk about things the way they want to, but when you show it through your team's deep knowledge, it completely changes the game. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about the product development. In some manufacturers' cases, you know, what's equally important is the factory. And there's a lot of investment that customers make in designing and laying out the factory. And as we see more and more companies begin to onshore manufacturing, we're seeing that many customers are becoming building owners or factory owners, expanding factories, buying new facilities and plants. And again, the concept of having a, an integrated factory, meaning that I want to own the digital aspect of the outside of the factory and the building, but I also want to digitize the inside of the factory. So as my products change, as I begin to make and create new products, I can quickly begin to realize how to optimize the factory floor, as an example. If I want to expand the factory, I have all of that digital data to be able to do that in a prototype sort of setting digitally before we go and just hire a contractor and other people to go and, and build and manage us themselves. And so we're seeing that not only is the product data important, but that factory data is important as well in integrating both the building and the inside of the, the factory, the equipment, products being built are equally important and can drive a lot of value in that customer engagement as customers begin to see how this manufacturer is optimizing their workflow, how they're managing their facility, and you know allows them to respond quicker and really manage capacity of that factory as they continue to grow and move forward. Anthony, the homepage on the Kativ website reads, it's time to revitalize American manufacturing for a better tomorrow. What's that mean to you personally? Yeah, personally, that means every one of our manufacturers makes a unique product. They love the product. They're passionate about the product. And for me personally, what that means is let's all create the value that we should get from the passion we have in our product. We put a lot of equity into creating these new products, inventing products, getting them to market. And I think now with the technology that's available, the resources that are available, the skill set that's available in the market, we're seeing that you can really drive more value in what you're creating by rethinking your business, right? By rethinking how you go to market, by rethinking your customers' needs and what they expect today. And I believe there's an opportunity for all of us in that. Well, Anthony, is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you'd like to add to the discussion? I think we covered things comprehensively, Joe. What I would say is not to take my word for it. 
I'd encourage all of you to look at our customers, talk to our customers. We got many customers that are willing to speak about this as well. And I believe that's really where innovation comes from, is that communication, collaboration amongst the community. I'm happy to share all day. But, you know, I know where I learn from is our customers. And I'd encourage all of you to take a look at customers we've helped. If anyone has questions on any of this, I'd be happy to put you in touch with any one of our customers to talk about their experience and the results they achieved. Well, Anthony, great conversation today. Can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and also where they can learn more about what you're doing at Katif? That sounds great, Joe. We have a variety of venues to learn more. Our website is kativ.com. It's K-E-T-I-V.com. We have plenty of content there. We believe in sharing information freely, giving back. We feel it's our responsibility to do that. And so we have a variety of ways of learning. You'll find our Kativ Virtual Academy to be really good for users of technology, users of software. It's an event we put on every Thursday. It's for engineers for them to continuously learn. It's a 30-minute session that they can show up and learn how to use different parts of the tool, how to think about different parts of their process. We have thousands of people that attend this session every week. And so I'd encourage all of you to encourage your engineers to do that. In addition to that, we began to start a an executive collaboration event as well. You'll see some of that on our website. And really, we kind of see these themes in the market that you know customers are beginning to want to know more about, want to know more about how to achieve. And it starts with talent, keeping my people, attracting new talent. And how do I do that? So that's one of the themes you'll see in this session. The other is how do I drive more innovation? How do I be more innovative as a company is the second. The third is around digitization and digital transformation for manufacturers and where the opportunities are for that. So those are kind of the key themes we see in the market today as we talk to customers. They're really passionate and care about how am I going to attract talent? How do I drive innovation in my business? And how do I embrace this digital transformation we all hear about everywhere? for manufacturers and do it in an attainable way, something I don't have to wait a year or years for, but something I can take in bite-sized chunks and really start to see a return on my investment. Well, based on uh, 160-some conversations I've had on this podcast over the last few years, I think you've picked the right topics for um, those community discussions. So yeah, I applaud you for doing that. I think it's a really smart thing to do. I'm sure you're creating a lot of value. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. And look forward to partnering with you more in the future. Likewise. Well, Anthony, thanks for doing this today. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And I look forward to working with you more and hearing from any of uh, the people that are watching today. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.